to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am so glad that you've joined me yet again. And tonight, you know, we're going to be talking about something that seems a little bit heavy. Is America lost Forever. I'll tell you what, we're going to actually go, uh, this is going to end up in a positive note, but we're going to talk about a few heavy things, and I'm going to show you a few heavy things, but I'm going to actually share some things about my history, where I come from, who I am, what made me, um, and I think it's a story for all of us, because you have the same story, and it, your story is from America. So tonight I want to go ahead and I want to talk about, well, what's going on with America. So when I've been lately, I've been teaching on end times. In fact, tonight I was going to start teaching on the seal judgments. But I elected to not do that because, you know, I just, you turn on the news and before we even get into the seal judgments and the, you know, the Gog and Magog war, we're going to kind of revisit that. And we're going to actually go through the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments. But one of the things that, that I often... Um, in, in eschatology conversations here is, well, where is America uh, in, in, in the end times? And I think that there's, that's a very fair question. And I have, I'll give you my opinion on the matter um, here in, in, through this uh, podcast tonight. And that is, is that I believe that America is, is definitely waning. I don't think we, anybody can argue. We are not the same nation that we once were. I remember back in the 80s, when I was I was a, a little boy, and the first time I really remember watching the Olympics uh, and seeing uh, Americans, you know, stand on the podium with their flag, the American flag, and the national anthem play, I remember watching and just having such just a feeling in my heart, just a welling up of pride for my country. And you look at it today, and we have literal Marxist and communists sitting in our government. When you look at the news, in fact, we're going to go through it here in just a minute a little bit, but I know I'm already getting heavy, but I'm going to go through some things. But I want, us to, I want to remind us of who we truly are and what this nation is founded on. The, 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 this nation is founded on this word. Here in just a little bit, I'm going to share something that was uh, really amazing um, that uh, was brought to my light. Uh, through a Dutch Sheets. Actually, Brandy had told me about it, but through Dutch Sheets. And, and he has such a, a knowledge of the history of America, especially as it pertains to the church. And I want to share something uh, with before we finish that. I want to share something that I think is really special in that regard. But tonight, if you're, if you're wanting to get your Bibles you know, ready about what we're going to be talking, we're going to be spending most of our time tonight uh, in, in regards to the Scripture in 2 Timothy 3, the whole chapter, not <laughs> just a few. So instead of throwing it on the screen, just open it up to 2 Timothy 3 because we're going to talk about the perilous times. Okay, these, This is all talking about the times that we live in, these, these end days versus the man of God. That's us. This is good news. Okay, it, it, It's scary, but it's good news. So... When you're turning on the, the TV or you're looking at the news, there is just so much 
trash. Um, in fact, so let's just do this, okay? Just, just Let's just look at the news uh, today, and I'm going to, before I show my screen, there's just so much bad stuff. I mean, the sexual sin is unreal. There's always an every day. There's multiple teachers being caught, you know, having relations with their ch- uh, with their students, and, and and just it's it's so so bad. Um, but a couple of things. Let's just as it relates to America, um, you know, and what's going on here. And one of the news articles today is you know uh, McCarthy's opening impeachment inquiry against Biden. Um, they're calling for impeachment. If you look at the Biden administration, they are very anti-American. They're importing at vast, vast levels and scales uh, of, of poverty, import, dysfunction. Um, and it's just, it's, it, there's a lot going on there, right? Um, but one of the things that struck me was this article that broke, uh, I guess, yesterday. And it has to do with the Biden administration um, basically negotiating with terrorists. So Iran is absolutely an enemy uh, of Israel, hates Israel, wants to wipe their whole goal. Their stated goal is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They are seeking nuclear weapons. They about have them. They, they most likely do. They're just looking now for uh, delivery mechanisms and so forth. They will, once they have the ability, I promise you, they will uh, go after and strike Israel. It's in the scripture. This is something that probably lines up even with the Gog and Magog War. Um, you know, but what happened? Did, what did our government do? Uh, well, they agreed to have a prisoner transfer. So five Americans that they were holding in Iran for five Iranians here. But it wasn't just a straight prisoner swap. No, no, no. Um, the Biden administration also is giving Iran $6 billion with a B dollars. Which I was making that up. And here's what's interesting is that the Ayatollahs, they hate us, right? And in this particular article, they mentioned the Ayatollah uh, Khomeini uh, marks $6 billion, um, of 9-11. Uh, so this actually all happened. Keep this in mind. Remember, this all happened. So today is the 12th. So yesterday was 9-11. Ringing the bell. 22 years ago, um, you know, our country was struck you know, by a terrorist attack. And thousands of Americans died. We were solidified as a nation back in that for just that short, small season. But we have quickly fallen away uh, as a, from being united as a nation and are more divided than we have ever been. I believe even more divided today than at the time of the Civil War. Um, but the Khomeinis, they are celebrating this win over America, which it is a win for them. I mean, we are negotiating with terrorists. So, again, there's just there's so much going on um, with with just within our country. Uh, the schools, uh, the public school system is is just functioning. It's just very dysfunctional. Uh, it's failing. In fact, uh, I'll share several stories. But one, there's actually a, a, a woman who in, in our church was, I think, coaching a volleyball game or basketball. I don't know which. The other day, um, and one of these young students started meowing at her. I don't know if you've heard of this. Where they these children now, some of them are like they identify as kitties and doggies. It is they, it is truly demonic and insane. And to have a, what about the parents? I mean, this is child abuse to allow your child to function. Or to, 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 to not functioning, but to go around saying that they are an, you know, an animal, a cat. And then, but anyway, it, it's just, and so what is, here's, here, what's my message as we get in tonight? Is America lost for good? Well, I'll tell you what, America is really messed up. It's not just America, it's the entire world. Um, and I want to remind us about who we are, who we are as Americans, who we are as the church, and what we are supposed to do um, as Christians and as believers for this nation 
for the church, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is really important to hear. If we're going to do something about this and we're going to make change, it's going to cost us something. It is absolutely going to cost us something. But let me tell you something. If we do nothing, it'll cost us everything. It is time for us as Americans, Christian Americans, to say no more to this delusional, insane actions and behavior from the transgenderism, the mutilation of our children, the abortion. I mean, you, there's just so many things we can point our fingers at. It is time for us to take back the ground that the enemy has been taking from the church. So one thing that I like to do is sometimes I'll go listen to and find, and they just kind of sometimes end up in my feed. Uh, I'll listen to sermons from small churches all over the country. And this is encouraging. But before I show you the encouraging part, I want to show you a little bit of the discouraging part. So in this particular video, there's, I'm about to show you, um, there's, you're going to see, this is in Kensington and Philadelphia, the Kensington area of Philadelphia. So this is, um, it's, a, it's a very uh, gang, drug, homeless, ridden, uh, real population and area. And so some of the things that you're going to see, I'm just going to talk. I'm not going to show, I have, I have no, no audio, but this was taken just actually uh, within the last few weeks. And this is right here on the streets of Kensington and Philadelphia. And the drug use, the homelessness, I mean, we're looking at homeless epidemic just, I mean, all over the nation. Uh, there are, there, not only that, we're Im, uh, importing homelessness and and, uh, and poverty. In fact, the Chicago O'Hare Airport right now is divided and where people are, passengers coming and going, well, behind all these, you know, uh, curtains are hundreds, thousands of migrants that are coming from not just, not just Mexico or, I mean, they're all over, I think like over a hundred different nations. And so we need to remember that this is a crisis that is coming at us from so many angles. Well, that neighborhood, this is why I feel like this is so important, is because that neighborhood right there is um, in Kensington. This church, I want you to just listen to a little bit of the sermon from this last Sunday. And so I, there's, a, there's two guys here. One of them, he is going to just, he's doing, he's doing the intro, and I think it's just funny. I, it's just, it's, it's clever. It's, it's just something that would happen, you know, right here. Second thing is, um, you know, I'm going to, the pastor and just what they're doing in the community. I just thought that was, was an uplifting thing. Uh, check this out. Jesus Christ, and, and, uh, help us to use anything you bring in for that very one and express reason. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> couple of announcements for you. Uh, first of all, we have a firearm safety training class uh, that is going to be held here on Saturday, October 21st at noon. If you're a legal weapon owner, and uh, if you're not, please don't come. Uh, it says Kensington. Uh, but if well, before we, let me just say this, before the song goes on, uh, we want to um, uh, acknowledge someone. He just got back from Germany, and basically, um, he, can I use this word, Greg? Whooped. <laughs> you all right, Joe? Joe's all right. I won't continue with the, the rest. But he whooped everybody there in Germany. And he, he was a captain of the USA boxing team. And uh, just amazing, so just cool. amazing accomplishment. Every country that stood before him, he handled amazingly. So, come on up, Johnny. Come on up. <laughs>
German, but you know what I mean? It, he's number one in the world. Johnny is number one in the world. We're, we are so, yeah. Isn't that cool? He's about to pray over him. But that's encouraging. See, okay, so we get so discouraged. We hear about all the crime and all the horrible things going on in Philly. I showed you that video a minute ago just about the drugs and everything else. But that, this is what's going on in that community. What's crazy is they don't call themselves pastors. They call themselves missionaries. And they really are. And check this. So let me see if I can get this up here on my computer for you. So whenever I was looking at this, I thought, well, I wonder, just out of curiosity. So I found them. And when you come and you look here, uh, it's pretty, so here, here it is, this is the church, see, this is the rock, um, and what's interesting, the look around, where, where they are, I mean, if you just look right here, uh, this, this picture was taken, you can see right here, March 23rd, okay, so this was all done back in March 23rd, if you just look around, there's just homelessness and poverty everywhere on the street, um, but yet, right here, you, I mean, that, that's just, a, and then I went and listened to, uh, to most of that sermon, he gave just a phenomenal message. Um, and a message of hope, and a message of, um, and I went and looked up what they believe. They believe like we believe, that this is the infallible, inspired word of God, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. I mean, it's, this is a Bible-believing a church that is set up right here uh, in Philly. There are bright spots just like this everywhere, but the world, and the enemy especially, doesn't want us to see them. So, did you not notice that? That was America, man. I got, I got goosebumps listening to Rocky, you know, and, and you got the flag in the back. This is, this is what America really is. So I, would, I, th I know that the whole title of this is America Lost Forever, but I would, I would say this, is America even been lost yet? See, the world and all these people, the politicians and the things that are going on in this world, they want to destroy America. They hate America. Uh, point in case, let me see if I can look this up here. Have you paid attention to what's going on uh, in New Mexico <laughs> this week? So the, the governor in New Mexico, she um, basically just, uh, you know, on her own, issued an order saying that uh, it's going, she's going to, quote, unquote, literally outlaw guns in Albuquerque. It's against the law to carry guns in Albuquerque. And, you know, and she said, and, and she went on to say that, uh, here it is, it went on to say that the, um, the, the, Constitution is not absolute. Well, it is absolute in regards to the law of the land. And they just think that they can say, we're going to do whatever we want to do. You can't do anything about it. This is good. They are saying all of the things built that are bound up in the heart that they say behind closed doors. Now they're starting to say them out loud. And this is good. We can see it. Um, what's interesting is that the chief of police in, uh, in Albuquerque said he will not enforce it. The DA said he will not enforce it. The sheriff said this is unconstitutional. And then she went off. She's still just completely defiant, uh, but saying, don't, I don't want to hear a lecture on constitutionality. I mean, these people, they hate America. Well, all those other people, it, it, I mean, these are Democrats. Many of them are Democrats that are standing against this woman, which she clearly is a Democrat. Um, so it's not all bad. America is, think about all of us that I'm speaking to. I'm going to share a little bit about my history. But when, when we think of America, many times we think of the 1950s, you know? I want to see if this front rings a bell for you. 1950s. Drugstores, soda fountains, and drive-in movie theaters are all the rage. If you just want to have a good time on a Friday night, all you need to do is go to your local Main Street, and there will be everybody and everything that you want to see on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, 
I know I'm being a little goofy, but it's true. I mean, we look at these are actual images here of like so. For example, here is uh, Salinas, California, 1956, and it's a it's a main street. All these main streets they 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 were. Uh, family-owned and operated businesses as a whole. They were hubs of every community. And this was such a different time. When you go to many of these um, main streets now, what do you see? Well, just kind of what we saw a second ago there in Philly. Just, you know, decrepit buildings falling over left and right. But here's a part of my story that I wanted to share and why I think it's so important sometimes that we look back to look forward. When you look at this image right here, this right here is actually taken in the late 1920s. And so in 1926, they found oil down in the Permian Basin in a town called Ira Ann, Texas. Well, it wasn't actually a town yet, but it was on the Yates Field. Ira and Ann were the owners, and that's why the name of the town is Ira Ann. And this is actually where my, my family on the Taylor side uh, begins. Uh, and as far as people that I can reach back and touch. So this is the hotel in Ira in Texas. And these images I'm showing you are actually coming uh, from sources that are close to my family. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, uh, they worked in the oil. In fact, my dad, my uncles, they all worked the oil fields. That's how they paid their way through college. So here they're actually installing a pipeline um, in the Yates field. But there's an interesting story about these canvas tents. In this canvas tent, um, I want you to take think of this. So this is down in Iran, Texas, down about an hour, hour and a half from uh, Midland, Odessa. Uh, and so this is desert, right, area. They, it's a beautiful permian. It has all these plateaus and everything else. This Pecos River runs through this, uh, this area. Um, but in, it's extremely hot in the summer, uh, very cold in the winter. And my grandparents, my great-grandparents, they lived, so they had these camps set up because all of a sudden, this is a boom town, right? It has this new oil. They didn't have infrastructure. They didn't have the city yet. Uh, and so they didn't have places for people to live. And so they would pop up. They had these camps that they would pop them up. They lived in these canvas tents. My great-grandmother and grandfather lived in that canvas tent for three years. And my great-grandmother, she would say, I remember whenever we finally got a wood floor, and when we're talking wood, we're talking like not dirt, right? Uh, that she thought she was living uptown. I mean, they had a completely different mentality uh, than, than we do now. They were way tougher. These are real Americans. My great-grandfather, he worked seven years straight without missing a day of work because if he missed a day, then he most likely wouldn't have a job. They eventually had another camp. These are a little bit more permanent structures. My grandparents, I don't have a picture of it tonight, lived in something not a whole lot bigger than that their entire lives. And it was my favorite place in the world to go. This year, the guy on the right, that is my great-grandfather. Uh, my oldest daughter is actually named after him. Everybody called him Mac. Uh, but McKinley, we called his, but his name was actually McKinley. And so that's where our oldest daughter, uh, McKinley, gets her name. That's actually his sister I believe he's with. And this is in the 1950s. But that's the man right there that lived in that tent. You know, and then this right here is my grandfather. He was, uh, he was drafted uh, into, the, into the war in World War II. He was uh, on a, a Navy vessel um, in the Pacific Theater for 26 months. And this was whenever he was uh, being shipped off. He came back uh, on leave, and he married my grandmother. That's my Mimi. Um, so J.N. and Gwen Taylor. 
Uh, you know, that right there, those two people had a tremendous impact on my life. And when you look at those, that looks like some old crazy vintage, you know, movie, but that's tangible to me. These people were dramatic, you know, dramatic people in my life. They influenced who I am. They influenced my belief in this country. They influenced, uh, how I view America and what our values are, are as a nation and who I believe, um, I am and as it pertains to that American society and especially the church and my role in that. Um, there's several more. So this is actually my grandfather. So he, he went to war. That's actually the Iran Baptist church, 1950. So he went to war, um, and he was on a, a boat for 26 months. Didn't get off that sucker for 26 months. After that, uh, and the stories that he would tell, I mean, he didn't think he was going to live, you know? I mean, every day, you just never knew. And so when he came back, he just couldn't stand uh, to be bound uh, in, in an office. He was actually studying to be a draft. In fact, we have uh, images all over our offices of what he did in high school. It's amazing um, on drafting. But he decided that's not going to work. I just, he just couldn't be in an office. And so he ended up uh, working uh, in that Yates field. Uh, he, he actually operated the largest oil well on earth until they found oil uh, in um, the Middle Eastern states. This is a picture of him is actually, I think, uh, used as uh, an advertising piece. And then he, when he retired, uh, they did a write-up on him. And that's my grandpa, uh, J.N. Taylor. He is, a, he is a man who was American through and through. When you look back, these are things that remind us of who we are. And th these were true Americans. They lived. It was tough. It, was, they, they, it wasn't comfortable most of their lives. It was tough. But they had joy. They, these people were people who were honorable and, and, and contributed to society and, you know, took care of their families. But now we are living in a time when things are just completely upside down. How do we get here and what do we need to do about it as the church? And so what I want to do is actually, I told you to open up to Second uh, Timothy 3, and that's where we're going to sit um, pretty much for the rest of this. <laughs> but perilous times versus the, uh, the man of God. And so we're going to read bits and pieces of this. So what does it say in 2 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 1? It says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times uh, will come. And, sorry, I'm going to close that there. So, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captive the gullible women, and loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. So that's important that right there, to never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And so one thing that is important when we're looking at this scripture is that I'm giving you the bad. We're actually going to spend more time than the good. I have read the scripture. We've talked about this scripture in previous podcasts as it relates to the end times. All of these things are going on. But if you want to know what truth is, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of people who can seek knowledge, but they never know the truth. There's a difference between knowledge and truth. In fact, it goes all the way back, even look in the, uh, the, the Old Testament, the, 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 two tree, the two trees, rather, in the garden, the tree of knowledge, right, but in the tree of life. And, and so as Christians, we need to know this right here, and it's going to tell us here in just a minute, we're going to read a piece of it in, in uh, Second uh, Timothy, that this is the inspired, infallible word of God. But we need to, let's, let's go ahead and go on. 
Now, as Genesis and James resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproving concerning the faith. And that is so true. And speaking of the times that we're living in right now, okay, that they will, uh, they will progress no further, for their folly will manifest to all, as theirs also was. But let's keep going. Beginning in verse 10, this is important because this is who we are as the church and what we're supposed to do. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them uh, all, the Lord delivered me. Remember that. God will deliver us from these times. Yes, and all uh, who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. So I, I, want, to, I want to touch on that for just a minute because uh, there's some people that recently I know um, have come to Christ and when it talks about as children, you've studied the scriptures your whole life. Well, he's speaking to uh, the Jewish population, right? And one of the things that this group would do um, when they were children is that especially the, the men, they were sent to school to be educated on the Pentateuch, okay? And, and, the, the, and so they, they, were, they knew scripture. And then that scripture came to life in the life of Jesus Christ. So I know that we not all of I had I didn't study it as a kid, okay. So when you're talking about knowing those holy scriptures, it's important for us to just remember that wherever we are, God's going to show up and He's going to. This book is alive. He's going to manifest it inside of us and make Himself known to us. Let's keep going. <clears throat> um, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now here's the part that I wanted to mention. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So here's where it begins. It begins in the word, okay? And then we're going to take this word and we're going to manifest it in our lives and in our community. Um, I'm going to give you some practical things that we can do for um, America to, to, to revive our country. I believe revival is, 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 is breaking out, but we live in times when you look at all that news and it's just, and it's constantly bombarding us that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be depressed. You're, and there's no other, no, no other way to even, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Because your hope, you have no hope. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. And that's what this nation was founded on. I'm going to share that with you here in just a minute. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat story here. I'm going to go and pull that out so I don't forget. But remember that you were made for a purpose. You, God makes no mistakes. You were created to be an American and to live here in this country at this time. So what are we going to do? Well, remember this. In John 17, beginning in verse 15, says, I do not pray. This is Jesus, by the way, uh, speaking to us. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. 
And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So that's a word actually I'm teaching on in uh, our life group right now, but is, is sanctification. And that is just a, me, to means just to be more like Christ, to become more like Christ. Every day we have got to put on that full armor of God, and every day we need to be more like Christ. That's what that means. So let's read one more scripture here, beginning in Matthew 24. And you will hear of wars. Again, this is Jesus speaking. And I want to say this is, this is the, uh, the Olivet Discourse that Jesus is giving. And right off the bat, uh, he begins talking about, and he, and this is all, the Olivet Discourse is talking about uh, the end times, okay, and the order and what will, the world will be like and, and what's going to happen in that season. But here's what he says. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Think about Russia, Ukraine. Uh, in Rahan, Israel, I mean, it's it just, it's everywhere, right? Okay. Uh, see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. I mean, have you been turned on the news? Did you see the earthquake in Morocco this last week where like over 2000 people were killed? Yeah, you know, it's, I think over 10,000, maybe more displaced, maybe more than that. So I haven't looked, but I know over 2,000 have been killed. And it says, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. This is written in scripture. Jesus told us this time would come. So we're here. And though America is never going to probably look like this right here again, okay, and it's not as much as I would love to live in that era and to go and to be able to leave your car doors unlocked. Heck, in you know you can't even you can't leave anything in a car in some cities. Like if you go to San Francisco these days, they'll bust out all your wind your windshields and take anything you have, or your windows and but take anything you have. It's just it's we live in a society that's completely completely falling apart. But there are pockets. There are pockets, just like even there in those in the worst of the worst. That's why I wanted to show that little church uh, in Kensington area of Philadelphia is that <clears throat> there are pockets all over of just, I mean, beautiful people doing godly things for the kingdom of God. Um, so our community, what do we need to do? Well, to begin with, get involved. I, you know, I, I, I do this podcast <clears throat> to educate, to inform, to share what little knowledge I have, you know, but I, it's, I'm trying to, to, to inspire and to wake people up. I, and I'm not trying to be critical, but it's like, hey, come on, man, people, we got to wake up. We got to get this thing going. If we don't do something, they are going to absolutely overrun and take over everything inside of our communities. They're trying that. So a couple of things, you know, that I would highly recommend. Get involved and serve someplace. Um, you know, it, here in Amarillo, some great places to serve would be at Faith City. If you can reach out to Faith City, figure out how you can give, donate the homeless. Listen, we need to help and have compassion for the homeless. Do I have compassion for them doing drugs? No, I don't. But I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you one story. So I was on the board at Faith City for about seven years, eight years. I can't remember exactly. But <clears throat> but I will go down, and I still do. I'll go down, and I, I'll talk to the homeless. And, and, and not all of them are on drugs. Many of them are just in bad shape. There was an area we called uh, that the, they set aside down there at Faith City. Uh, and they're called the lighthouse, but basically what it was for is for families. And I remember seeing this dad and his little boy and it was, is incredible. Um, this dad, he was doing everything he could to get back on his feet. Um, not an alcoholic, wasn't doing drugs, fighting for that boy. Some people just fall on hard times, but I want to tell you a story about a man I mentored. This man, um, was somebody who I ended up encountering, uh, when I started uh, mentoring down at Faith City. So I would preach 
and so forth. But then I would also, um, I, I believed in these men that they needed mentorship and, and people to love on. Well, one of these was a man, and his name, uh, I will just call him Alan. It's not his name. But he, Alan was, uh, you know, golly, he, he struggled with uh, drug and addiction his whole life. So Faith City has a program that you can do. It's, called, it's, a, it's a year. You live in uh, on campus for an entire year, and it's, it's amazing. Um, and it's completely Christ-based. Well, this man was going through that program, and I began to mentor him, and he and I became friends. And he, I, I invited him to my home. He was around my children. Um, I, and, and throughout all these years, every now and then he'll come back up and he'll reach out to me. Um, but here's the thing is that I believe had he been given a different circumstance, he'd have been a pastor. He had, a, he had a, just such a, a beautiful heart. He loved Jesus. But here's, here's what's not fair. We, when we look at home people on the street, you don't know their story. Okay, I get it. When they're high, I, there's nothing you can do for any of them. Okay, if they're drunk, there's just nothing you can do. I get it. But there's a story behind that person. How did they get there? Well, Alan, he was one that when he was two years old, his granddaddy started getting him drunk. Think about that. By the time he was six, I think he, had him, he, was, he was giving him weed. He never stood a chance, man. Never stood a chance. And yet, we will, we, I know, me included. I mean, we'll be quick to judge when we see the fruit of that. But what we need to be doing is, if, you, if you want, we want to get America, if we want to change America, we need to start going after the hearts of people and, and start walking in, in, with a kingdom mindset and kingdom eyes. Now, I'm not saying be, don't be stupid. Don't just go out in the middle of the downtown not knowing what you're doing. You can get hurt. I, I, I'm not saying, okay, but Faith City, come alongside them. What about another great uh, ministry um, is Hope Choice. <clears throat> and Hope Choice is a ministry that I've been involved with, Brandy and I have been involved with for a lot of years. And it is more geared towards, initially it was geared, uh, you know, and it still is, heavily towards, you know, helping save babies um, from abortion. Um, but they also have a tremendous impact in the community. They need volunteers. Um, they need people like you to, that are willing to go. because They go into all the schools, and now you can't preach the gospel in schools, but you can teach good principles. Um, and I did it for a couple of years. <clears throat> then my wife and I, we started teaching uh, uh, parenting classes <clears throat> there. Uh, they have, you know, there, there's just so many different things that you can do to get involved um, with your community. You know, listen, if you're, if you have a calling, uh, my friend, you know, is actually the mayor here. He, he talks about that, um, that he has a calling. It was a calling in his life. And he, he treats it as that it's a, it's a mission and it's a ministry and that this is something that God has called him to do. Now, God does not call all of us to be mayors, but he may, he, I'll tell you what, if you have a kid in the school, in the, you know, in the school system, um, get involved, show up at these school boards, make sure they're not putting this smut and trash, you know, in the public libraries. Let's go start having these arguments and it, is, it will be an argument. But let's have these, these difficult conversations and arguments with these super, uh, superintendents and, and people that are allowing litter boxes to be put inside the bathrooms of these schools and letting these children go around wearing kitten ears and, and all this other stuff. It is time to begin to stand up. There's truth. Truth in what we're saying. And let me tell you something. Many Christians say, oh, it's just, it's just compassion. It's, no. Let me tell you something. Truth, <clears throat> you know, love, sorry, without truth is, is it makes truth dead. We need to love people, both the truth, the word, and in the spirit. And we need to start taking back the ground of our community. You say, well, you know, God never really intended for us to, to you know, God to be in the middle of our nation, our country. Let me tell you something. This country was founded on the word of God. Our nation was founded on the Word of God. 
uh, George Washington, you got to go research the, the appeal to heaven flag, okay? And all the scripture that is everywhere inside of uh, our Capitol buildings. Our nation was founded on this right here. This is why we are here. It's because of the word of God, and yet it's been perverted and taken away by people who hate God. Listen to this. I'm about done. And we're going to close out on this. But this is actually something that was put as a declaration by Robert Hunt. And it was the first landing at Cape Henry, Virginia, April 29th, 1607. I'm going to read this. It says that we do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us. And with these generations, take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations. Right there, they're saying, this covenant we're making with you, God, let this from now on, every generation that comes after us on this land, okay, be a godly generation with godly principles, godly government governance. Okay, it goes on to say, as long as this earth remains, and may this land, along with England, be evangelists to the world. May all who see this cross remember what we have done here. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant and this most noble work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. From these very shores, the gospel shall go forth, not only in uh, this new world, but in the entire world. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, is that when you look at Psalm 22, beginning in verse 27, you know, it says that, uh, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. And the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules among the nations. You know, our entire country, it was founded on biblical principles. We exist as a nation because of godly people. So what do we need to do? Is America lost? Well, I would say that America is bound up in the hearts of Americans. And if we want to take America back and we want to see the fruits of it, then the number one thing that we need to be doing in these last days is telling people about the Word of God, telling people about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, then please reach out to us at the church. If you have been blessed at all by this uh, podcast in any way, um, this episode or another one, please like, subscribe, comment out there, share this with somebody else. Um, but let's talk about if you, you, you share with your friends, if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, send them our way. Our pastors would love to talk with you. I would love to talk with you. In Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess, believe in your heart and confess with your tongue that Jesus Christ died and God raised him from the dead, you're saved. The salvation, the prayer of salvation is a matter, it's a matter of belief. And it goes like this, Heavenly Father, I know that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you pray that prayer and with sincerity in your heart, you're, you are saved. You are a new creation. You are a new man, new woman. So anyway, I just want to tell you guys, thanks for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, I can't wait to share the next one. The next one we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. And then we're going to be talking about the seal judgments. So anyway, I can't wait to talk to you next time. See you then. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.